Good morning, Lighthouse family. Raise a hallelujah. <laughs> we are getting on the same page up here. Would you join us? Josh is going to preach today, and he gave us the theme of rejoice. I said, you shouldn't tell me that. Mm -hmm. Because we're going to do that this morning. <laughs> Word of God says, great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. So today, no matter how we are feeling or what's going on in the world, we have come to raise a hallelujah. Let's do that. Lyrics on the screen. Here we go. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Somebody wants to clap, I'll join you. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. Loud. Got this. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. My weapon is a melody.
you're working and even when I don't feel it you're working oh. you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop Oh
here and I'm so grateful that we get to worship together. We are having some fun today and I'm really excited that we get to have Josh, uh, our youth pastor, lead us today. There's one thing I do want to remind you about being that we are in November right now and that is that there is an opportunity to be able to bless people who have far less than we do. Tangibly, what we're looking to do is, even though we can't have our traditional Thanksgiving dinner that we do across the street, and I'm really bummed about that this year, but it's just one of the things that we're having to give up due to COVID, but there's still a way to be able to care for people who don't necessarily have a lot to be able to give turkey and all the fixings and stuff that go with it. 
and that is that we are partnering with Fresh Beginnings Ministries to provide Thanksgiving meals. And if you want to participate, it's really easy. Jackie's going to be out in the, in the entryway uh, at the end of the service. If, if you want to provide a turkey, we're providing 1,000 turkeys to 1,000 families plus entire boxes, which total about 60 meals. So it's not just a Thanksgiving dinner, but it's breakfasts and lunches for the rest of the week. And if you would like to participate in that, you can go out, you can see Jackie. It's $20 if you just want to provide the turkey. It's $40 if you want to provide the entire box. All right? So Jackie, where are you at? She's not here. So who is it? Diane, see, because you spoke up, you get to be the one who's going to be in the back. So that's Diane there at the back. Now, let's say that you're not here in the building, but you still want to participate. You can go to Fresh Beginnings Ministries, with an S, dot org, and you, dot com, don't get it wrong, Pastor, freshbeginningministries.com, and you can give through that portal, or you can just go down to uh, the grocery outlet over there, uh, kind of in Westside Costa Mesa, and they are the ones who are partnering with us and Fresh Beginnings to do this, and you can give that way as well. All right, so with that, let me pray for us, and then I'm going to hand it over to Josh. Father God, we are so unbelievably grateful that regardless of what goes on in our life, regardless of how crazy it feels, regardless of how out of control our world feels, you are the one who is in control, and we celebrate you. May you be glorified today as we rejoice with you as a family. In your holy name, amen. Okay. <laughs> Triumph over tragedy. Today I'm going to talk to you guys a lot. Uh, be prepared. Triumph over tragedy. I hear stories of people... Uh, there's a guy who's a drummer, and he's an awesome drummer. He's in a band. He travels. The, that, that truck that they were traveling in tour, it crashed, and his leg was, had to be amputated. He lost his leg. He went through tons of rehab, tons of um, different therapy, and he got a prosthetic, and he triumphed over that tragedy because he started playing drums again. He learned how to use his foot with the prosthetic. Triumph over tragedy. And a lot of people say, yeah, I... I, I I was able to overcome that because of said things. And now I'm here, I'm rejoicing because I triumphed over it. But we forget how bad that tragedy is sometimes in the middle. Uh, we forget that we have to go through the tragedy to get to your triumph. Uh, don't forget you got to go through the tragedy to find your triumph. Can is someone here today? Let's go. You got to find your triumph. You got to get through that tragedy. Y'all ain't ready. Look, let's, let's put it this way. The Israelites, uh, Moses split the sea for them to get through. Weight maker, miracle worker. Oh my gosh. He made a way where there was no way. He split the sea for them to walk through. And, and he said, you know, I'm going to make a way. You, you see an obstacle. You see an ocean in front of you. I'm going to split it and make a way for you to get through it. You didn't, they didn't just arrive on the other side of the Red Sea. They didn't just get to praise him on the other side. They had to walk through the Red Sea, through their tragedy. Y'all ain't ready. Let's go. You think God, uh, you think it... There's, I, you know, I picture an ocean actually getting split, and I got to say it looks kind of funny in my head, 
If you see, I don't know if the fish, I don't know what the physics of that looked like. It looked kind of weird. What were they walking on? Was it coral reefs? Was it sand? Was it wet? Was it dry? You know, you got a lot of pictures and images going on. And I think this image is a great one because, um, I don't know, the Israelites probably were expecting a boat to arrive. You know, some of us are expecting something like a boat, like something we can comprehend. And God's going to do something uncomprehendable to get you to where you need to go. You hear that? You hear that? Sometimes our expectation, the Israelites' expectation was a boat. Our expectation don't come close to what God's reality is. Let's go. Our expectations are consumed by our obstacles. We limit what we're doing because we see a giant ocean in front of us, and we see, I can't possibly get to the other side of that. I can't possibly get to the other side. And God says, no. I'm going to remove that obstacle. I'm going to make a way where there is no way. Come on, someone said amen right there. Thank you. You got to get, and you got to get through the obstacle to reach the triumph. Um, and what I'm preaching today is if we learn to rejoice in the victory, we're going to have to also learn to rejoice through the obstacle, before the obstacle, and everything else. Um, and you might, you might be expecting, let me just, preach a little more real quick. (laughs) You might be expecting a a door to be opened. Uh, You might be expecting something small. And God says, I'm going to, you expecting a door to be opened? I'm prepared for the floodgates to be opened and blessing to be overflowing on you. Someone need to hear that right there. You're expecting a detour in the, the road construction of life. And God says, I'm preparing a bridge to get you to where you need to go. You might be expecting a better doctor or a surgeon, but God says, I got a miracle of healing waiting for you, saved for you. You might be preparing just one more meal, but God says, I got a heaven full of manna tacos, baby. Let's go. I'm back. <laughs> Can someone say rejoice? Someone say rejoice. <laughs> I, can't, I, don't know. I can't do it like Shelly. She's really good. <laughs> uh, we're, we are in Philippians chapter 4 today, uh, verses 4 through 7. It's a short one, but it's a good one. I'm going to read it for us today, and uh, please follow along. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. We're going to start at verse 4. Paul's writing this letter in prison. He's telling us rejoice, and I say it again, rejoice. Why would he be telling, he's saying that within conflict. See, uh, our inner attitudes do not need to reflect our outward circumstances. Oh, there you go. There, if you're taking notes, bam, right there. Our inner attitudes do not need to reflect our outward circumstances. Paul doesn't care what's going on outside. He's, he's caring about what's going on inside. Uh, right before these verses, verse 2 and 3, last week, uh, we, had, we see that there was actually division in relational uh, uh, people in the church. There was some conflict within the church. Uh, earlier in Philippians verse 28 of chapter 1, we actually see there's opponents outside of the church. We got conflict internal, conflict external, and yet Paul is telling them to rejoice. Because joy 
transcends the difficulties of life. Mm. Joy, true joy, is based on your relationship with God, not your circumstances. And I love that. I mean, we, someone, uh, someone needs to be reminded of that. That's all this is today is rejoice. Where is your joy coming from? You might think, I can only rejoice when things are going well. I can only rejoice when things are going great. But rejoice when things aren't going good. And you find that joy from God. You find that anchor of, of true joy and peace from God. Jesus says it this way in Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 19 and 20. He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And then he says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus is telling us what we ought to rejoice about. This is telling us we can't rejoice in our successes of ministry. We can't rejoice based on numbers, based on successes, based on how many demons they casted out. You know, Jesus is saying you rejoice simply because your names are written in heaven. Simply because I have given you grace to be saved. Simply because I love you. That's it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> what is joy? You know, Philippians 1, chapter 25, Paul refers to the Philippian church as having joy in the faith. See, joy is what faith does when it trusts God's promises. That's good. Joy is what faith does when it trusts God's promises. They go hand in hand. They walk side by side. The theme here is Paul is, is uh, he's saying be joyful in the face of struggle, even to the point of death. He says this a couple times, you know, he says, I'm, I'm being poured out like a drink offering, um, you know, uh, coming, coming at you with faith, and I'm, I'm glad, and I still rejoice in it. It's, it's crazy what his, the joy in the, in the face of struggle. Uh, my little cousin is a runner. He runs cross-country track and field. He's Phenomenal high school athlete. As a freshman, he ran 418 in the mile. As a freshman, uh, he's a lot better than I am. Uh, a lot better than I was. Uh, he's he was second place in state as a junior in high school. He's a senior this year. The state meet was two days ago. The problem was uh, about three, a little over three weeks ago, he pulled a muscle, uh, his groin muscle slash hamstring doing some lunges or some sort of activity. And if you're not an athlete, let's just, just pretend for a little bit. Uh, it's really difficult to go and do what you have to do with a muscle tear. You can work through pain. You can work through, uh, your knee hurts, like some adrenaline, you'll be all right. Um, you know, a football player gets bashed. He might be bleeding on his shoulder. He's like, no, coach, I can keep going. You know, <laughs> those dudes are just built like a piece of corn. Like, ugh. And they just go, and they just keep plowing through, you know. But if your muscle is, is torn, your muscle is stretched too far, it, you're, you're going with a flat tire. You you're physically can't go anymore. So he had to qualify to get to state in the first place. He's heavily favored to win. Um, he's, he was second as a junior. The other guy graduated. He put down in a phenomenal time early on in the season, and he's having a good time. And, and he gets interviewed and he's looking forward to his qualifying meet to get to state. And this interview, the journalists and the, the daily newspaper, uh, whatever the local one is for him, uh, this is Arizona-based, 
he, they, it was evident that his grounding and his honor and his glory was going to God. Uh, he said it in the beginning. They, he quoted scripture to them. He quoted it in the end, and he kept going. He's, his joy wasn't in his successes. His joy was in God. And for athletes and in, in general, um, COVID has just hit hard. Um, high school athletes, college athletes uh, specifically, and I say that because I'm an athlete. I just, I'm, it was immensely so difficult to keep training, to keep going. You don't have a game. You don't have something to look forward to. How do I keep going? Where do I push forward? How do I do that? How do I rejoice? God, how do I rejoice? I had to, you know, I'm preparing this thing, and I'm, it's about rejoice, and I'm here. I'm like, how do we do this? How do we rejoice when the world is tearing itself apart? How do we rejoice when people in this country hate one another for the color of their skin? When people hate one another for choosing the wrong political side? How, do, how does one rejoice when it seems like we're just drowning in darkness? And we're just, we're just drowning in anger and hate. We're drowning in depression. Some of us are drowning in depression. A sea of perversion is all around this world. And we're out here drowning. And what happens it's because we're not in relationship with him. And, and if you feel like you're drowning, you feel like you're, you might be one of them, uh, here's a little something. I mean, come on. You feel like you're drowning in a sea of anxiety and stress. God's saying, I'm going to split that sea for you. Yeah, I'm going to make a way where there was no way. I'm going to let you walk through. I'm going to allow you to go through. You feel like you're drowning because COVID got you all which ways financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is. He says, I'm going to make a way where there is no way. Someone's got to hear that. Come on. You, gotta, you have to trust in him. Joy is what faith does when it trusts God's promises. That's good. That's real good. <laughs> you can't just get to the other side of the sea. That's a, that's a big, that's a, I know that's not the verse I'm supposed to be preaching on, but it feels like it is. <laughs> you got to get to the other side of the sea. Um, you can't just float on the boat, you know, you can't just take the sailboat across. Uh, there might have been different ways around that Red Sea, and I believe there might have been different uh, routes God could have taken. He very well could have had a fleet of boats. He very well could have I don't know, just transported them all without doing anything. But the fact that he split it, and he said, you're going to have to take it step by step. It was roughly uh, five or six kilometers uh, across. So it wasn't like it was just a two-minute or three-minute jaunt. And they had all of their belongings. It was a little bit of a muscle through that sea and get to your victory. Some of you got to muscle through this time. We got to muscle through this walk. Guess what? You're not alone. The Israelites weren't alone. God is with them this whole time. So my cousin was out here, and he, he gets to, two weeks ago, he qualifies himself for the state meet. He does it. I don't know. They only take the top 14. He had a bad leg, and he still ran. And I saw the video of him finishing, and he is normally just an animal. Like he, at the end of a race, he just takes off and leaves people. And I saw him just like jogging in. It just looked like a jog and this. So one guy goes by him 
and then another guy goes by him. And this is the last, like, 100 meters. This is usually where he throws everything and more. And I was like, man, this is sad to see because I know he's just trying to get on. He's just trying to move to the next uh, round, but this is just rough. Like, he's, he's struggling. And um, he made it. He qualified for state, and, and state was two days ago. And he's had a flat tire. He, and I talked to him, and I go, hey, how are you doing? How's it going? And he goes, well, the leg feels pretty good. On Monday, he goes, I, I actually didn't feel it in the workout. And I go, oh, awesome. On Thursday, the day before the race, he goes, yeah, I'm feeling good. I did strides, and, and I ran faster. You know, I did some sprints, and uh, I didn't feel it. it was actually, I'm actually, I think I might be okay. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. And he said, during the warm-up of state, I, I actually didn't feel the leg. And, and during the race, I actually didn't feel it at all. I was feeling, feeling pretty good, except for I had missed a whole month of training. <laughs> and uh, he ended up 40th place, this poor guy. And he, I was talking to him, well, you know, I've been through the same thing. You know, I've, I've been training. I've been at my peak, and something happens like this. And um, I think it's... I think it's still the same. It's still the same sermon, guys. We're still walking through the sea, um, and I'm just walking with him in that now, because it's like, hey, like your joy isn't found on on if you won state or lost state. Your joy isn't found on if you succeeded or if you failed. Your joy is only found and always will be found in the love with your Father. Verse five: Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I think the spirit of gentleness was captured in the interview with my cousin. That was amazing. I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful thing to be able to preach the gospel within an interview. He's very gentle about it. Uh, now, Paul said back, and we talked about this a lot in chapter 2, but he said, do not grumble or complain. Be being humble and being gentle, if you remember that, that whole thing. See, if we find our joy in the Lord and not our circumstances, you'll be freed to be gentle. And that will be evident. You'll be freed from grumbling, freed from complaining, from violence, from hate, and all this stuff. So, so gentleness is the opposite of what the world chooses to see us. The Lord is near. So the end of verse 5 says, the Lord is near. And I think at this verse, Paul's really getting at something that is, he's just saying, God is close to you. When you're walking through this mess, walking through the valley, God is with you. But near, I have, to, I have to look at that word a little more because I like doing that. And he uses that word referring to Jesus' second coming. He uses that word a lot in the New Testament. He actually wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And we've studied Paul for years, literally years. And he's a smart guy. Now, did Paul make a mistake? I think yes. Jesus didn't come when Paul was writing these letters. Jesus didn't show up like he thought he would show up. Jesus didn't come back for him. And was Paul uh, naive in thinking that he could have been, uh, Jesus actually would have showed up? Was that naive? Is that foolish to think Jesus might actually be coming back in his lifetime? Is that a mistake? And I think the real question is, why are we not making the same mistake? It's quiet now. Where is our urgency? Jesus could come back at any time. 
We don't know the day nor the hour. No one does, not even the sun. And we're, we're, looking, we're looking like we're in the middle of the Red Sea and we're, we're looking forward like, I got to get out of here. I got to go. And then it'll be okay. And then it'll be back to normal because COVID will be gone. But he's saying, you don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what that has. You don't understand. You have right now and nothing else. This is, this is the biggest thing. I mean, I was waiting. I, I'm convicted of this too. I was waiting for everything to go back to normal. And so were you, right? Oh, I can't wait for it to go back to normal. I can't wait to just go to the movies and eat my popcorn. I can't wait to just sit in the restaurant and not have to do a temperature check. I can't wait for it to go back to normal. Well, guess what? Um, this might be a newsflash, but right now is our current normal. COVID's not going to change, and some of us have been waiting. Uh, we're, we're waiting. We're, we're realizing things that, like, I, I can't wait for the summer retreat to go get saved. I can't wait for the camp to go take my friends to. I can't wait for a stadium full of a music worship festival to go get my fill, to go get my fix of the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus has been with you all along. I can't wait to go back to where it used to be, back to those stadiums of awesome preachers getting saved and getting, giving glory to God. Guess what? We're doing it every day, day in, day out. If we are carrying gentleness, if we are carrying the love of Christ, we better be preaching every day, everywhere we go. We better be preaching it. Mm. What are we waiting for? We waiting for a vaccine to preach Jesus? Jesus is the vaccine. <laughs> Come on. Thank you. Let's go. Let me say it this way. You're waiting to rejoice in the triumph, and you're forgetting to rejoice during the tragedy. Uh-oh. You're waiting to do Christianity later, but you're failing to be a Christian now. Oh, no. Some snaps right there. 2020, let me hear you. 20, let me just say this. It's going to get real. 2020 has been some bad press for the Christian, the quote-unquote Christian. And uh, let me just offer you some perspective because I get to train, I get to travel and compete against a lot of uh, athletes from different parts of the world, different walks of life. They have different perspective. Uh, atheist, agnostic, post-Christian, post-Catholic, uh, other religions in general. And the post-Christians get me because they, they grew up in church. Something happened, and they go, nah. And a lot of you are feeling that. A lot of you know someone like that. Grandkids, friends, anyone who's close to you. Some people are like that. They, they go, hmm, that's not really what I want anymore. The church hurt me. The religion hurt me. I don't like it anymore. The relationships I had, they didn't work out for me. I don't want it anymore. And let me just tell you, Christians right now in 2020 are viewed by the masses as racist, judgmental hypocrites. That's right. <laughs> the question is, how, what are you doing to break that stereotype? Are you falling into that stereotype? And here's the thing. If you think that might be a, that's uh, not really true, uh, your circle of friends might look, talk, and walk just like you. To the Christians that claim to be Christian and aren't living up to that name, a Christian, 
small or little Christ, like they're reflections of Christ. That's what Christian means. Christian, the people who say it, you know, they say to love your neighbor, but the only neighbor they're loving is the one that looks like a reflection in the mirror. Man, what are you doing to break that stereotype? And I get it. I'm young. I'm a millennial. I said it. There you go, Jeff. But don't let that hinder you from hearing what God is saying in these words. He's saying there is a world out there that is hurting. There's a world full of broken and hurting people. Filled with people filled with bad blood from from religion and the church and the people. And there are people who claim Christianity who, who fail to represent Christ. They're ruining it for the rest of us. Be different. Church. Be better. We're better than that. You're better than that. And certainly Jesus within us is way better than we'll ever be. The closer we get to him, the closer we get to him, that's where it is. Man. And I know you're like, Josh, Josh, you're supposed to make us happy. You're supposed to make us rejoice. What happened? Where are you going, man? You're supposed to rejoice. <laughs> oh, I'm here to tell you today that you're supposed to rejoice in this thickness of reality. I started with that Red Sea because the Red Sea, that's a long way to walk with a whole lot of junk on your back. It's a whole long ways. And we're still in that Red Sea right now. We might not, well, we have no idea how long the Red Sea is. That's the problem. We have no idea when this thing's going to end. No idea. Luckily, Paul gives us some advice about how to rejoice within this sea we're in. He, the next two verses, verses 6 and 7, he actually gives us some words of encouragement here because he says there's a way to do it. Verse 6 of chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This is our how right here. This verse isn't like a, a theology of prayer. It's an attitude of prayer. Pray with thanksgiving. Pray always. Pray with petition. Paul isn't saying you're never going to be anxious. He's saying if you pray first, there's no need to be anxious. And it, it, there's no need to be stressful if you're praying first. This is how I fight my battles. It's a song. This is how I fight my battles. It's prayer. Prayer is how you fight your battles. You start with prayer, your battle will already be won. You start with prayer, things are going to be answered. You start with prayer, things are going to come your way. God's going to make a way where there was no way, and you're going to be able to walk right through. Amen? Amen. Verse 7, he goes on. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. And the key point I want to grab out of this is the word guard Guard your hearts. The, the church at, in Philippi would have known this word well. See, they're a garrison city, a Roman city, that they're guarded by walls and soldiers 24-7. From outside enemies, from inside uh, anything happening, they're guarded. So this word is militarized in the, Philippi, the church of the Philippines in their, in their Philippians? Did I say Philippines again? I always do that. 
in their minds, they're guarded. So when you ask for peace, all of a sudden you're, you're going to be guarded. Your hearts will be guarded, right? You'll be guarded from anxiety. Uh, you'll be guarded from doubt, guarded from fear, from stress, depression, you name it. And true peace, true peace is not found in uh, blissful or positive thinking. Uh, peace is not found in the absence of conflict. Uh-oh. Uh, peace isn't, it doesn't come from ignoring the bad stuff. True peace comes from knowing that God is in control. There's a verse in Psalms, uh, Psalms 100, verse 2, that says, uh, sing your way into his presence with joy. And that that sink your way into his presence. How do, you, how do you get into his presence? How do you anchor yourself back in a relationship? You sing into his presence. Sometimes you're just not feeling it. Sometimes, man, it's just hard to get going. Sometimes it's just one of those days. You, walk up, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and the whole day is, oh, God, I got to get through it again. <laughs> but if you're just disciplined enough to put on that worship song, you know? You know what, God? I don't, I don't care how I feel. I'm, I'm going to raise a hallelujah, you know? I'm going to raise a hallelujah no matter. In, in the wake of the storm, in the midst of it all, I'm going to raise up that hallelujah. I'm going to keep going. Let me just, just back up these, these verses again. Peace, true peace comes from God which we get from prayers and thanksgiving, which allow us then to be gentle, evident to all. The Lord is near. And all through these things, we rejoice. Now, I challenged myself with, I, I picked rejoice. Um, I mean, there was only like two options, so really. But uh, believe it or not, I'm not usually this energetic. I am quite a, a, a lot quieter and pretty relaxed guy, laid back, I'd say. Um, and I was preparing this because it's like, man, how do you, how do you rejoice? How do, I, um, how, do I, how do I do this? And I was convicted in, in bringing this message because, I mean, I've been, I've been waiting for the old normal. Yeah, I've been waiting for the, the COVID to just brush by. I've been waiting for that to go. And I took this position as youth pastor, and I'll just get real a little bit, and I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for COVID to die down so we can start up things. You know, waiting for it to die down so I can, oh, and now we'll go do some events, and now we'll go preach the gospel. And it's a difficult thing when you're waiting. It's a difficult thing when you're waiting for something. And, and he's saying, no, like, like I'm, I'm just preaching on myself today. He's saying, no, you got to go right now. You have all the things you need. You have the Bible, and you have, you have Jesus. You've got prayer. You've got a team. You've got people. You have everything you need. Somebody here, you've got everything you need to do what's been on your heart. God's been pressing something, and you're, ah, oh, it's not the time. I, I can't do it when we're all masked up. I can't do it if we're six feet apart. Figure it out and do it. I bet you can. I bet there's a way. When you think there's no way, He's going to make a way. 
I'm convicted because I haven't been rejoicing in the tragedy like I'm preaching about. I'm convicted because I haven't been rejoicing in this tragedy. I've been drowning in it. Some of you are drowning in it, and you don't know why. Some of you are drowning because you haven't felt peace or joy in quite some time. Some of you are drowning because you haven't truly spoken with God in years or months, days. You haven't truly spoken with him. The question today is, what's your relationship like? If your joy isn't coming out naturally, then what's your relationship like? you got to check yourself. Check it out. Just talk to him. What does it sound like? It might sound different, right? If joy comes from the relationship with God and you're not, you're not feeling the joy, then maybe something broken is happening within that relationship. But it gets better. Because <laughs> God is saying, you're drowning, breathe. Come on. You're drowning, breathe. I give life. I give life abundantly. You don't have to drown. You're not alone. You were never alone. I was always right there. And I'll always be right there. And guess what? I'm right here, right now. Don't be afraid to talk to me. God says, don't be afraid to talk to me. Don't be ashamed. Someone, that's for somebody, right? I don't know who, if you're sitting on a couch right now, man, that's for you. He says, I already know who you are. I already know what you're going to say. You don't have to worry. I'm going to love you. Jesus says, I'm going to love you. See, the sermon isn't triumph over tragedy. It's triumph through the tragedy. Oh, yeah we got to triumph through the tragedy to get to victory. What we have to realize is when God opened the Red Sea, when he split it open, he said, and if we're hoping to find, it's not that we're walking through this, hoping to find God on the other side. We're walking through this because God is on our side. God is on our side. Someone needs to hear that. Worship team, get up here. Let's go. But I ain't done. I need some background keys, you know. You feel that? Yeah. <laughs> We're not, oh man. Someone needs to be reminded that God is in control. Yeah. God is in control. And we've been trying to control this COVID pandemic. We've been trying to control our relationships with ourselves, with God, with our family and friends. And it's out of your control. Some things are out of your control. Woo, that's a lot. Okay. COVID, though, COVID is out of our control. I'm going to say the Red Sea thing one more time. And I know, again, I know that's not what I'm preaching on. But I'm going to say it this way. Jesus didn't get to the resurrection uh-oh, without going through the cross. Jesus didn't get through the resurrection without going through the cross. That means death. That means he carried it up that hill. He was dying. He was bleeding. If we're the Israelites heading through the Red Sea, ladies and gentlemen, the cross on Jesus' back was the way that he split open for us to walk to heaven. We don't get the resurrection without going through the cross. 
We don't get to rejoice in the resurrection. We don't get to rejoice in the victory if we can't rejoice during the tomb, during the death, during the dirt, during the bad, during the hurt, during everything that hurts, everything that feels negative, everything that feels bad. We can't do it. You got to rejoice. How do you rejoice? How do you rejoice? You're with him. You talk to him. Right before Jesus was betrayed, what was he doing in Gethsemane? It was prayer. You got to talk to God. He was praying. That battle of death, the one that we celebrate every Easter, it was won in prayer the night before he was betrayed. It was won in prayer. Church, this is the calling. Get right with God. If not now, when? If not today, when? We're not promised tomorrow. I would invite you up to the altar, but here's what we're going to do because of COVID. This whole thing's the altar. And you're going to pray a prayer, and you're going to go to God and just check yourself. You're just going to ask him one more time, God, is, am I still doing things the right way? Am I still living this life the right way? I'm sorry, God, that I've been looking forward to things to change in the, in the outward, in the world, and I forgot to change the inner. You got to do it. You got to get it. You got to get that. We've missed it. We haven't coped with the negative of COVID. We haven't coped with the things that were taken away from you. You got to release it. You got to speak it. You got to believe it. You got to believe there's a way. You got to believe there's a way. You guys still here? You guys still with me? You guys still here? We want that resurrection. We want that resurrection. We want to rejoice. Today, we're going to end on a high note. We're going to rejoice. We're going to praise Him. We're going to love Him. Can you stand to your feet with me? You guys ready? You guys ready? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We're going to rejoice, and we're going to, we're going to be led in this song. We're going to be led in the rejoicement because God is good. Amen? He makes a way where there is no way. He makes us walk through that valley. Thank you so much. Thank you. Rise among us, let it rise. 
among us. Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the joy of the King rise among us. Let it rise. Let it rise.
Josh, one of the things that I just could not help but think about as you were sharing the story of your cousin, right? We all are hoping, oh, he won. Jesus overcomes. He got first place. And there was a part of me that was very disappointed that he got 40th place. And yet, <laughs> and yet, and yet, the point of this entire conversation <laughs> is that our joy isn't tied to our circumstances. It's not tied to what place we get. It's not tied to how many people we're allowed to have in this building. It's not tied to what our job looks like. It's not tied to the amount of... It's not tied to what Thanksgiving looks like or what Christmas looks like. We hold it all loosely. I can imagine that the Israelites, as they were wandering through the wilderness, as they were going through the desert, and even after the Red Sea, were constantly focused on their circumstances. They constantly took their eyes off of God and put them onto their circumstances, and suddenly going back felt a whole heck of a lot more comfortable yep. than being where they were. I wanted to go back to Indiana. Glad you when did. When we first got here, I wanted I to go know. back. I'm going to get me And out. yet, <laughs> God was with them, and so they were exactly where they needed to be. And guys, what I heard Josh say to us this morning, and what I am being reminded of this morning is our joy isn't tied to our circumstances. Our joy is tied to where our eyes are. Are you focused on your circumstances or are you focused on the cross? Are you focused on your circumstances or are you focused on the relationship that Jesus bled out to purchase for you? And are you focused on your discomfort or are you focused on the opportunity that God has entrusted to you and to me to be his ambassadors of hope to a world that, let's be honest, desperately needs to be reminded that our joy is not tied to our circumstances. So All we right. get to now go All right. in the confidence that our God goes with us. We get to go as ambassadors of hope to a world that is hurting. I so want to put my feet up here right now like you and get all excited. <laughs> I love you, dude. 
(laughs) Would you pray with me? Would you bow your heads? Father God, we are grateful that you use imperfect people like us to reflect your perfect love. We know we do it imperfectly. We know that as, as sometimes we try to be like stars that shine under our own energy. Just like sometimes we try to be people who swim across the Red Sea when you say, no, 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 I got a totally different plan. One that doesn't bring glory to you. It brings glory to me. Father God, may we be like the moon that simply reflects the light of the sun. May we be the kind of people who bring light in the darkness so that people are not drawn to us, but so that they're drawn to you. Would you go with us, Father? Would you give us the eyes to recognize where you are so that we can keep our eyes fixed on you and not on our circumstances? And so that others will come to know you. That is our goal. That we would live such good lives amongst an unbelieving world that although they accuse us of using you as a crutch, they'll see the way we live. They'll see our, our trust in the midst of the tragedy. And they'll say, you know, I want to know what you've got. Help yourself to our lives, we pray. Jesus, in your holy name, amen. Have a wonderful week. Diane is in the uh, out, at balcony. She's out there. If you want to help get some turkeys for some families, and if you want to give or you have prayer requests, the white box is in the back. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.